0: Hey, you're very welcome to another episode of Graduate Compass. Today, I'm going to be speaking to Johnny Strutters about his career. And as always, let's let him do the talking.
1: Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. So we we'll go back a few years anyway, definitely. I uh, started college back in, um, I think it was 2008. And uh, I went into aeronautical engineering at the University of Limerick. Um, and I went about it, uh, not in a straight line, um, but over a number, of couple of years and ended up today working in the aircraft uh, leasing uh, sector, sorry, in aircraft finance. Um, under the position of a uh, pricing uh, pricing function, pricing roles. So I'm the senior pricing manager of an aircraft leasing company based out of Dublin. And uh, that's, yeah, a bit of a turn from engineering into finance, but uh, certainly not what I, I expected to, to end up in, but uh, a welcome uh, surprise it was in the
0: end. So let's go back to the start. What was your initial interest in going to Limerick to study that degree?
1: Yeah, so I think a lot of it at the time was uh, the excitement of potentially leaving home and moving to another uh, city. Uh, I remember taking a, a day off uh, school uh, to, against my teacher's wishes, to go to the, uh, the opening day up in UL. And uh, I think I spent probably an hour and a half um, walking around completely and absolutely lost, Um, couldn't find my way around at all. And uh, if you know UL campus, it's very, it's a very beautiful campus. Uh, So fell in love with the place instantly. Um, It was all new and exciting. And uh, we were going from uh, kind of group to group, different schools, you know, the Chemie Business School and the aeronautical, aeronautical or the the engineering uh, schools that are there as well. And we ended up passing a fella who um, was at one of the stalls talking about the engineering uh, programs that they had there, and aeronautical engineering uh, came up, and that was that was kind of it for me. It was kind of the place is it, the place is awesome. Um, I had always had an interest in kind of space and flight, and I was a bit of a nerd when I was growing up, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, thanks to my uncles and me, <laughs> you know, their, their interest in aviation. But that, that was kind of it. It it, uh, it was the excitement of leaving home and then just happened to find the right course that was there.
0: So when did you start thinking about your career after college and when did you start working towards that?
1: Yeah, so I think I I probably dove into it quickly without thinking too much about it. I, um, I went there knowing that, you know, engineering is probably a good um a good place to start you know if you're looking if you're thinking of you know down the line I don't really know what it is I want to do I know I'd like to have a secure job and I've you know you kind of I got the impression that engineering was a good career path to go down but I absolutely I know I know um I had no idea where I was going to end up really I had like some Every as everyone does going into aeronautical engineering, and you've preconceived notions that you're going to end up working for the likes of NASA or Boeing, or that's that's the dream, really. You know, I suppose so when you're going in there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and um, a bit naive to how 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 life actually pans out for you. But uh, that's uh, um, yeah, I didn't really I didn't really know. It was just by chance. Now, I had gone about it a bit. uh not in a straight line either. So I had ups and ups and downs as everybody does, and uh, I ended up actually failing at one point, um, um, not because of the course content or anything, but just because of, you know the times and things that people go through, I suppose, and I wasn't in the uh, in the right frame of mind. Um, so I, although I started in 2008, I didn't actually graduate until 2015, and it was really kind of the experience in between um, that failing and almost dropping out. Actually, I think. Um, that's where I started getting my work experience because I had, I had, um, I had chosen not to sit my exams, I think in, this is going back a while now, I think it was um, May of 2009. And uh, that's when I said, no, I'm going to go back and do it again. And uh, I was lucky enough that University of Limerick hold a cooperative education programme where you can do a nine month stint uh, as work experience where it starts the first four months or three months or in the summertime and the second half of it consumes one of your semesters for third year and I just happened to be lucky enough that as I was exiting the program for a a temporary period I I happened to get a job with a company called uh, an aircraft leasing company called AWAS and they were a a leasing company based out of Dublin and um, that's, uh, yeah, I stayed with them then for a year and a half and then I ended up going back to college and uh, did an Erasmus and eventually got there. But uh, I think it was uh, it was very much by chance that I ended up where I am today. I didn't have a plan. I didn't understand, you know, what I wanted to do with it. And and certainly I think the, 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 the aim of the aeronautical engineering program back then was to kind of direct people towards the design and manufacturing side of aviation and uh it was only later after really after I graduated that they started introducing the the uh the financial side of things and the regulatory side of things that our country uh leads in you know like we're not the the leaders in the manufacturing side of it I guess but really leasing and aircraft finance is something that we're globally renowned for it's something that we I suppose invented if you want to put it that way uh, back in the days and you know Tony Ryan and and you know, all of that good history there. Um, so yeah, it was purely chance. That's a very long-winded way of saying uh, by chance. I, you know, started in on one path and ended up in another.
0: Okay, so I want to focus on your work placement in a moment, but before we do, let's take it back a step. And can you explain for anyone listening who doesn't know much about airline leasing what it actually is? No worries. I'll try and do it very
1: concisely because it tends to, when I'm trying to describe it to my family, eyes tend to glaze over. <laughs> you know, it's not a, it's not the most uh, exciting and glamorous. Uh, I enjoy it though. But basically, aircraft leasing is if you can imagine yourself as being a, a landlord of, of, of a house or a house owner uh, that you don't live in but you want to uh, rent out to people. Um, that's pretty much the the, the concept of air. Well, look, that's. As easy as i can explain it is uh it's that's what aircraft leasing is we we own a bunch of aircraft or you buy aircraft and you rent them out to airlines and um there's a there's a sizable portion of airlines that actually lease their aircraft from lessors lessors being the owners or the landlords uh there's a significant portion of airlines lease their aircraft as opposed to just buying them outright and they get some benefits in that they don't have large cash outflows to buy the asset, the house, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so they get the benefit of not having to spend so much money, but they get the benefit of having to use it. And then when they're done with it, they don't have to worry necessarily about how it gets disposed of uh, and what happens to it once they're done with it. So um, that's where we come in. Then we're the providers of that. We purchase aircraft, either brand new aircraft or older aircraft, and we uh, we lease them out. And there's a part of my function then as uh, as a as a, a, pr- a senior pricing manager is to is to look at the asset and try and come up with some sort of value for it, if I'm looking to sell it or a value for it if we're looking to buy it from somebody else. Um, and then there's different kinds of values where, you know, is, somebody re- is someone renting the house, you know, is there a contract in place, there's value associated with that or is it just a naked asset where it doesn't have anybody uh, contracted to live there and therefore there's no rental inflow. So it's like owning a house and assigning a value to it Um, if you want to buy it or sell it, and whether or not someone's in there um, and renting it from you and the cash flows that are associated with that.
0: A few minutes ago, you mentioned very briefly about how your placement came about. Can you talk us through a little bit more, I suppose, in detail about what that was like and how you ended up getting that placement?
1: Yeah, I think I got a phone call from the cooperative education department at UL I think it was probably nine o'clock on a Thursday evening. saying there's an interview in Dublin, nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, I didn't even have a suit. I didn't have a shirt or tie. Well, I did, but they're, you know, they weren't, uh, they weren't, uh, well-kept or anything, but, uh, so yeah, it was just by pure chance. I went up to this crowd, uh, called Awas and, um, and I was interviewed there. And, uh, I was just very, very lucky. I think, uh, there was only two other people that had turned up for the interview and uh, for whatever reason uh they uh they chose myself so it was by pure chance pure chance and that was that was the industry that that's the in, my entire career now has been in the aircraft leasing industry i never kind of i never went back i never sought to go down the design road or the the maintenance road it was as soon as i got in there i i, I thought it was a a good opportunity to 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 kind of cement myself in there i suppose a little bit and you know because a lot of people coming out of that course tend to want to go down the road of design and engineering and um but when I got in there I, w- I was just impressed with it so I, I stayed in, in that side of it and I got very lucky as well the team that uh interviewed me and kept me on afterwards they didn't need to uh, but they did so it was also a, you know it was a good decision from from that point of view as well but completely random
0: do you know it's really interesting? Because there are a number of times during this uh, podcast where people have spoken about the process of coming to realize that they needed to go down a different path. And in a number of occasions, people have sort of talked us through, uh, I suppose, the, the shedding of that previous dream and ambition and kind of the building up of a new one and how that took time and, and the kind of process of that. What I'm hearing here is that There was almost none of that there was no doubt there was no looking back you were just very certain this was the path for you what made you so certain that this was the right route
1: um i think a big part of it was probably the team that hired me so it was the technical and asset management department that ended up hiring me in and they kind of fulfill a a technical role right and their their team would comprise and not just their team but leasing companies in general will have a dedicated technical and asset management team who would have people that have worked on the engineering side for decades and would have a, a detailed uh, understanding of the, of the the metal itself, you know, that kind of way and the regulations around maintenance and all that stuff. Very, highly, highly uh, skilled and um, very, very knowledgeable people. Um, and I just got lucky to to, to kind of get in with that team and Many of them, I suppose, would would be very down to earth and kind of their backgrounds, you know, kind of humble, and they, they kind of you know worked hard over the decades and, and worked their way up to where they are, you know. Um, so, genu- genuinely nice people. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I was uh I was a bit young and naive when I joined first, but they they welcomed me um wholeheartedly and uh and they they wanted to they they, they pushed me definitely. They were like you know, um. They certainly, uh, they certainly uh, did everything to 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 teach me as much as they could in a short possible time, and and uh, I just, yeah, that was probably something that I enjoyed the most was finding the, the the right team of people that I felt comfortable working with, um, or learning from, I suppose is a better way to phrase it. And uh, and that was it. I didn't really think about it a second time uh, after that. I think. Uh, when you go into an office environment for the first time and you've never done any, like, I mean, my, my skin is soft and my hands, you know, I've never done a, a solid hard day's work in my life really compared to some of these guys. So, um, when I got in there and, you know, it, I'm, I i can't remember what I was, maybe 20 years old, 21 years old. And, you know, you, you get your own desk and computer and it's all very kind of exciting and uh, new. Um, and it just went very, very well. It had the right balance for me of, you know, learning about the the technical and engineering side of the asset being with the team that I was in um who I stayed with for the stint of whatever it is the six or seven years that I worked for them um before ending up where I am now um there was enough of a technical mix in there that kept me really really interested and they were really really eager and and into you know when you meet someone who's so enthusiastic about what they do that they just kind of in in kind of infuse you with with the same enthusiasm that was there and that was probably the biggest um, the biggest reason why I did I never ever considered um, changing direction it was like I knew pretty much once I got in there I was like this is this is a this
0: is a good place to be doesn't it show the impact an organization can have on a student or a graduate who is enthusiastic and so eager to kind of make a good impression if they're met with the the right kind of energy and, you know, S was equal enthusiasm. I think that's a, you know, just quite a, quite a nice example. I I, as a next point, want to kind of take a, a kind of a step back and, um, or perhaps in this case, it's better to describe it as a step forward because I want to focus on what it was like going back to college after the placement, because I can't help but think it must have been a little bit difficult because you've, you've basically decided, you know, I'm I'm going to go down this career path that in essence doesn't really have anything to do with my degree content, but I need to get my degree to get it. So it's almost like taking a step back to step forward. And I'm just wondering what that was like, you know, going from kind of this world of work that you really enjoy to a course that you've sort of in the past struggled with. Was that kind of, you know, last transitional step difficult and did it cause any problems?
1: It did, it did actually, yeah,
0: um, because when I,
1: when I went back, it was, you kind of, you no, know, like at the same time, the course, I, the course was interesting, the course was, it was very, very hard, like it was a tough course, right, but uh, but definitely interesting, and there was no point in time where you're bored with it, you know, um, or not bored in the sense of, you know, being done with it, like there was constantly things there to keep you busy, and maths was always something I found interesting, and it's just the course itself is maths from start to finish, everything is, is maths. In that course and that kind of lended well for the the analytical side of the job that I ended up getting hired into. Um, but it wasn't really related. I never used you know Bernoulli's equations for aerodynamics and all this stuff that I was learning. You know I didn't I didn't end up using that. Um, in fact, funny enough one of the key skills that that um that kind of kept me in the job uh was using uh, Microsoft Excel and kind of programming with Excel a little bit and that was something that they never taught in that, that class at all so statistics was one module in the entire seven or eight year period that i went about trying to get the degree and i think that's probably the book that i ended up keeping and using the most and uh, unfortunately everything else is kind of nice to know but not not completely necessary you know
0: let's do a bit of a recap so you've done this placement you love this placement you then effectively have to take a step backwards to move forwards and end up, you know, going back to finish your degree, some of which the content is more relevant than others for your kind of future career. And then you finish. And what was your next step after all that?
1: So my next step career wise um, was I kept in touch with the people who had Um, who had kept me on as the intern like they were very insistent that you know you really need to to finish the degree you know and you know I failed a couple of times you know but they kind of convinced me to get back up on the on the horse and and, and rightly so right so it was important to do it Um, but I kept in touch with them and they were the people that uh, through you know one means or another like I ended up working with so all the people that I work with today I've worked with for my entire career I've been very very lucky that way um but when I got out of college first I went uh as a sole trader as a consultant um to the to the aircraft leasing industry and um as a consultant then I worked for a consult company um who ended up putting me back into the place that I had done my internship um so I was in I was really I was in that place from start to finish um up until uh 2018 I think it was um Sorry, I don't know if that answered, i probably went on a
0: tangent. Do you know, I don't think it actually is a tangent. I, I think it makes a lot of sense because a lot of students and a lot of graduates, they struggle either as the course comes to an end or afterwards with that kind of career decision and deciding what they're going to do next. What I'm hearing, what it sounds like talking to you is that that, that struggle for you was actually in the middle of your course and so when you got to the end of your course uh, and I'm in no way suggesting that you know the kind of career progression was in any way easy but the hard decision bit had already been done you knew where you were going and now you effectively just had to put in the work to get there would that be a fair kind of thing to say and I suppose a fair assessment of the situation
1: I think it's fair to say that I definitely had the more the more troubling part of the whole process of going to college getting the degree getting the job for me the most challenging part was actually college um I uh I definitely found that probably the most challenging piece but you know there's kind of a lot of pressure I suppose on, on, on kids to to go into college when you're 18 years old and you don't you don't know uh <laughs> You don't know much about yourself or life or you know what what it is you want you've no idea what you want you know you you don't have a clue so um, that was probably the hardest part because I went into it thinking I had an idea what I wanted out of it but I didn't know and I didn't really have a clear vision of it until I kind of started that work placement and I just I got very very lucky there and that kind of painted a picture for me almost as to this is this is the kind of the path to to go down Um, but uh, when i when I did graduate in the end, like the sole trading piece was was a bit of a challenge as well all right it was something new to me and because uh, you go through a process of managing your your own um business i suppose for for a little while you are your own kind of business in for for a little while and tax management and all that kind of stuff but uh so that was challenging as well it was trying to trying to break into uh the the industry again although I had a lot of help like the 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 people who had gotten me work while I was the consultant were the same people that I'd worked with all along but um there was definitely challenges along the way but I think it's probably something that you know everyone everyone probably goes through you know it's it's very very competitive especially when you're in a in a a large city I suppose like Dublin or London or Dublin's probably on the smaller end of, of capitals but uh it's, everything's competition so you're trying to compete for a position in these places amongst uh, amongst other people so and, and many people are going to be more qualified than you. but for me I think the key was just kind of you know being persistent and, and being stubborn about it and um you know failure is going to be part of it and you're gonna you're gonna do interviews and you're gonna get rejected and you're gonna you know sit exams and you're not gonna get the grade you want but if you uh if you uh if you just work hard at it and and refuse to give up on that piece and then if you get a little bit lucky along the way hopefully um and stay positive and you know i I think that's probably the key that was the key for myself i think just kind of being stubborn and uh you know and i and i got lucky i had a lot of help along the way as well so do
0: you know you've actually kind of preempted my 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 last question to you because in the last 30 seconds or so you've kind of gone into the kind of uh i suppose touched on on the sort of advice that you were going to offer to people uh talking about being persistent and and talking about you know being positive and things like that and i suppose just to finish it then do you have anything else you'd like to add to that anything any sort of advice or guidance for anyone who is trying to figure things out as they're trying to push forward
1: yeah i think yeah true challenging career plans i mean especially now it's probably um uh it's probably a bad time to be coming out of college right or it's gonna be a challenging time to be coming out of college right now with a degree and trying to get a job out of it but um for people that are kind of that are maybe going through a, a difficult time trying to break into um whatever industry there it is that they're trying to get into you know i would uh i've generally avoided um career fairs i think uh you're kind of surrounding yourself in the in the largest amount of competition possible at those kind of places so I've I've tended to um try and keep um my requests uh for you know interviews and whatever it might be or conversations with people too uh, like um maybe a more niche group I, I don't know I got lucky with the with the leasing thing I think at the time not everybody was trying to get into it but but I also then I was I was keen on keeping um kind of a business side of things going with LinkedIn and making sure that I had my my online uh resume, you know, which is kind of what LinkedIn is, um, up to date and keeping, you know, following people that were in the industry, making sure that wherever you can be friends with them on or first connections with them on, on LinkedIn that you do that and uh, recruitment agents as well. I mean, there was a period of time where I was into, uh, chatting to uh, recruitment agents, and I think definitely LinkedIn. I suppose if you're look if you're having trouble getting into something in your industry, I think LinkedIn, if you're not already on it, is probably um, one of the most important uh, resources you can use there, because there's a lot of recruitment agents on LinkedIn as well. So I think uh, certainly a lot of um, opportunities came my way. And as you know. I was lucky enough to, to have a team who, who were keeping me um, active, uh, but there was constantly uh, a stream of uh, recruitment agents coming out with uh, um, with uh, what they had found as job opportunities in in my particular side of the thing. But I know that there's a broad there's a broad range of industries on LinkedIn. So certainly LinkedIn, I would uh, I would keep options open as well and be be uh, be free. Like one of the things I I <clears throat> I think I uh, learned over the years was to not. I didn't keep it in my head too much that this is that this is this is exactly what I want. To, you know, because I think um, like I suppose I was kind of. I was happy to accept whatever was thrown. At, no, whatever, what was thrown at me in the end was was marvelous. A lot, the whole way along, but but I never kind of said to myself, no, I'm limiting myself to this um, this one little corner. It worked out well for me. But I, I didn't think too much about that. So I would say maybe keep options open and, you know, look around for it's it, it's it's for the things that you don't know about. I suppose more than anything, I didn't know what my my industry was before before finding out about it. Um, so I think just keep active on, on the likes of LinkedIn and research the different uh, areas of your field, whatever it might be that you're looking to get into and what kind of weird tangents there might be that you haven't really considered before, because it's those kind of things that may spark your interest a little bit more than what you would have expected. Um, and then just kind of go as much, go with the flow as much as possible. And, um, to say yes to everything, I think was probably one of the key things for me. I think if, if there was an opportunity to do something or go somewhere or, you know, talk to someone, I, I generally would say yes. And I wouldn't really, wouldn't really think too much. I would just go and do it and then see what came of it. And that may not apply to, to everybody, I suppose, but that's, that was the key thing for me, I suppose, is persistence and being open, open minded to different opportunities.
0: So that was Johnny Strutters talking about his uh, journey that went from studying aeronautical engineering to working in airline finance and airline leasing in particular. I have to admit, when I was originally putting this episode together, I originally thought I was going to call this episode from studying aeronautical engineering to working in finance. But as I was putting the episode together, I realized, actually, that's, you know, I suppose, a false assessment of Johnny's career. Of course, he works in finance. But more specifically, he works in airline finance, in airline leasing. And it's obvious from what you just heard that that career does not come about if he doesn't go to Limerick, if he doesn't do that course, if he doesn't get that placement. But that's not the bit I want to focus on to end today's show. I really like Johnny's story as I say I think pretty much in every episode for everyone I speak to but the bit more specifically that I like about Johnny's story is that I think it just shows what you can achieve if you just stick with something. His college years were hard he talks about that quite openly he talks about how long it took him to get his degree and there's there was so many chances for him to quit to give up to just say you know what this isn't worth it but he kept going he kept trying he kept trying to get there and then he finally eventually gets over the line and things and please excuse the pun here really took off for him and if that doesn't kind of give you a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of hope well then I don't really know what to say other than I think it should I'm Keno Sullivan thanks for listening
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you're trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.